WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Are the corners of a room more likely to have paranormal phenomena than any other part of a room? Why do some ghosts seem to be up in the air or below the ground rather than just standing on the normal surface? How come nobody seems to get a clear picture of a UFO? Hey there, and welcome to the 434th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those very unusual questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we decided to do an open line show and bump our show on synchronicity until tomorrow's Boston Providence Drive Time show, uh, because I'm here today and gone tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be open lines this evening, and it'll work best for the two of us. So let's get to it. All right. Yeah. Big pile of them tonight, of course. This one. Yes. This one is from Brandon in North Carolina. All righty. Brandon says to us. Uh, I have to ask, uh, do you see and feel presences not of this world, and do you get headaches and vibrations centering from your head? Uh, well, be specific. What part of the head? Uh, I know this is yeah, a, cerebral cortex. This is an abnormal question to ask, but I am hoping you may understand uh, some things I don't know about the Eno bloodline. All right. Uh, this fellow apparently is, uh, could be a relative. I don't know. Uh, genealogy seems to enter in here somewhere. but All right. Um, seeing and feeling presence is not of this world. Of course, that, of course, can be a symptom of schizophrenia, as we've mm. often pointed out. So maybe we're all just crazy. You know, you know what this it could be? But what is crazy? What is normal? Uh. And I can assure you that normality is uh, highly overrated. In any case, this um, brought to mind, Ben, something that does happen to us. And, and I should point out that Ben first got involved with this work. Uh, he was interested and he grew up with it. But also because I was very curious about whether blood relatives have the same reactions in paranormal situations. Uh, I suppose you could say psychic reactions, if you would. Mm-hmm. I started with Cousin Marshall, you know, because you were too young. And we, we, did, we did a few cases, and it was very interesting. And then you came along. You got old enough. Your mom and I had a talk, and we decided that you, you, could, you could do this, and you've been a <laughs> tremendous success. So uh, I remember I know that when we walk into certain places— we, we both will report feeling, uh, I don't know, weakened or dizzy. Uh, but headaches and vibrations, what, what say you? In my, I don't know, about, I don't know, it really depends. What do you mean by vibrations, sort of shaking? And uh, I have had that from time to time, but, but very I rarely. Guess. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, usually it's in my hands or something. Yeah, or... could you elaborate? I, that's literally my hands shake. <laughs> okay, all right. there, so that's, that's uh, we all go. we need to know. <laughs> that's that's as that's like as far as it goes. Headaches. That's only happened a few times, but that was just because of parasite cases. Yeah, uh, the, that's interesting. Uh, sensations originating from the head. Be specific. Is it the frontal lobe, back of the head, top of your head? Yeah. Well, he might not be a doctor. Well, the right. the very front of your head, like the forehead, like part of your forehead like right above your eyebrows like yeah. where your nose just goes straight the up the third eye as it's often reputed to be oh yes the third eye yes indeed yeah. uh, okay um, parasite cases uh, have caused you headaches it's not like I wasn't there but I'm getting old so it's all new to me 
What? <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking the tongue deeply into the cheek, but what, when you're talking about the headaches, is, is it specifically parasite cases? It was only once that ever happened. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember what case? Uh, one of the ones in Maine. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. That's a strange one. Because well, they're not all... They're not, not like they're not all strange. But okay, no, I get. I never get headaches. So there's one difference there. Well, that was like uh, a migraine with like nausea. So. Yeah, well, you you have uh, your mother's alien metabolism. Well, I, I'm pretty sure it was more than just that. Yeah, probably. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, so I know this is abnormal to ask, but I am hoping you may understand something I don't know about the Eno bloodline. Well. Uh, as uh, I'm sure our listeners know, there are a lot of, uh, or at least two strange people in the Eno family, mm. and uh, there are quite a few others I can attest. Uh, I, I, th- there are, this brings up the idea, you know, I, it's funny, I was just talking about this with a cousin yesterday. We went to dinner with them, you weren't there, but because you, you were yeah. up in Boston, but it, it brought to my, he was bringing up Native American connections, and, and we, uh, according to our family tree, are direct descendants of Hyano, who was a uh, reputedly the greatest or one of the greatest uh, shamans on the East Coast, uh, Native American, of course. And uh, matter of fact, the, the town of Hyannis, Massachusetts, out in Cape Cod, is named for him. And uh, so the, much has been made of that uh, because of your abilities. And then, but there were also a few other connections as well. Uh, my understanding is there is uh, the reason we're descended from him is that there was an intermarriage between a, a, an English gypsy the son of an English gypsy, at least, who was our ancestor, and the natives. And my theory is he was dark-skinned probably because of the gypsy half of him, and he, he probably um, related better or fit in better you know, in that society with the natives. And maybe the English thought, you know, especially gypsies were not the most popular people around in Europe, and uh, th- so maybe I, that's my theory. Maybe he fit they in better with the popular. natives. No, no, that's what I understand. But he was we're talking about the 1600s here. So in any case, yeah, there are some things in everybody's bloodline that are interesting. And I do notice that the abilities, if you want to say abilities or curses, depending on who you talk to, of the, I suppose, the psychic abilities or whatever you want to call it, do get passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. And, I, and so do parasites, oddly enough, in some cases. I found, I'm thinking of one particular case in California, uh, when I, I was speaking out there and, and in the audience was, was a young woman who, who's, who attracted my attention, not, not because of, for any other reason, but that, that you could just feel this negativity around her. And she came up to me afterwards, and it, it turned out that the, the, uh, the family was of Mediterranean descent, and uh, not that that means anything in particular, but they had been um, sort of the victims of, of sort of a parasitical attacks for, literally for generations. Wow. And that's, as I say, because you have these parasites will sometimes farm, for lack of a better term, whole families for generations so they can they can subsist. So uh, I, from that point of view, yeah, in our bloodline, uh, thank heaven, I don't know of any such problems. There has been, of course, a lot of negativity because the previous generation tended to be jerks. Mm. And uh, that's less said about that, the better. But it wasn't parasitical as far as I know. So. There are all sorts of things in everybody's bloodline that tend to be interesting, Brandon. And uh, I look forward to perhaps further contact and uh, finding out just where you fit into all this and uh, what's uh, maybe happening to you. All right, so. All right, what have we got here? This is uh, from. Oh, okay. Fun. <laughs> what? 
You're, you just said. Oh no, I don't know. See, the, the, these come in regular email, not on the form, so I don't know whether to to use the the last name or not. Just I guess use the first name. This is from Kyle. Doesn't say where he's from. Kyle from nowhere. Uh, I heard you guys talk talk about uh, parasites, and was wondering what are parasites. Also, what exactly are poltergeists? I just started. I was just going to say how long you've been listening. He said I just started listening to your podcast, and um, uh, we're wondering uh, what you guys mean by those terms. And I am hoping that you can clarify what they mean. Okay, that's a good. Qu- <coughs> excuse me. Good, uh, good question, Kyle. Uh, I frequently we are frequently asked that, and we frequently discuss it on the air. Uh, you must have answer- just listened to the podcast, but we didn't discuss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people don't have, you know, 450 hours to listen to all the podcasts. So just briefly, and I know our uh, regular audiences are experts on this, but a, a parasite is our term for what is traditionally called a demon or an evil spirit. Now, I think that has a lot of theological baggage that just came over the centuries, but the bare, naked fact that I started to find in the early 1970s, right off the bat when I started working in this field as a seminary student. Again, I expected as a seminary student, I was preconceived uh, notions, uh, had preconceived notions to, to find demonic and satanic powers and stuff that was theological, and that's not what I found at all. But I did find, and have found ever since, would appear to be life forms that are inter, if you want to say interdimensional, dimensions and alternate worlds are not the same thing, but people use the term interchangeably, and so do we, so just for the sake of explanation, these parasites seem to be interdimensional or interworld creatures that subsist on human energy, negative energy mostly. I don't know why, but I found that they seem to be repelled by positive energy, love, uh, unity, all good things, faith, uh, you know, you may honor, whatever, you name it. If it's positive, they don't like it. On the other end, that's, our, that's, why, that's how you fight them. But on the other hand, they seem to be attracted and feed upon negative energy. They give Ben headaches mm. and stuff like <laughs> this. So uh, these are negative things. And that's what they are. There are about nine different species that I have identified. And again, that's me. Uh, that, that depending on their uh, nature, their mode of operation, their uh, duration, how long they stay. But I have found a few interesting universal characteristics, one of which is that, and this is I've really found fascinating always, that the longer they seem attached to a person in our realm, in our world, in our corner of the multiverse, the, uh, the longer they are present, even partially in our world, I think that, that they are only partially present. If, if they were fully present, you could see their physical bodies. And uh, I, I don't believe they're spirits as in non-corporeal entities. I believe they are physical creatures because I've had physical in, in conflicts with, with them on several occasions. But I think that the longer they are attached to our world in one way or another, the more they forget their own origins. Not, not the upper echelon, necessarily, although I have seen that too. But the farther down the ladder of the species you go, the more they become two-dimensional thinkers, almost like children. And they forget where they came from. And I've actually run into parasites that, that were afraid to break off from their host because they didn't know where they could go. They, they didn't know what they would do. You know, it, was, it was like... Uh, a codependent relationship in some cases. So that's what parasites are. And again, I believe they are responsible for our 
uh, legends and folklore of demons and things of this kind. Poltergeists, I believe, are parasites that have gotten so strong because they've eaten so well from certain people and families that they literally will attract all this energy and, and, and do all these things and have uh, been involved in many of those cases. But we are about to take a break, and we uh, will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. And we'll continue our inquiries from our listeners. Stay with us. Coming up Monday on New Sky Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Intuitive Soul and Friends with host Lori Houston. Coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, it's interviews with Donna Visaki and Kimmy Rose. Join Donna and Kimmy for in-depth interviews and conversations with today's spiritual leaders. At 4 p.m. Eastern, it's The Crystal Andrus Show with Crystal Andrus and Natalie Hughes. Empowering, enlightening, and educational. The Crystal Andrus Show is a no-nonsense live coaching show that will lift you to the highest levels of consciousness. Coming up at 5 p.m. Eastern, save your money with Tony House. Tony has the tips and insight to help you save tons of money every day. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Visions with Barbara Mackey. Dial in early. The phones are hot. And at 9 p.m. Eastern, it's Angels and Answers with Artie Hoffman. Sexy and intuitive. All kinds of fun. Dial in and join Artie with the party on New Sky Radio. For more on these shows and all New Sky Radio shows, check out NewSkyRadio.com slash show new sky radio and radio.com powered by cbs radio new sky radio new sky radio.com and psychic radio psychic on air.com powered by cbs radio aol and yahoo is unlike any talk radio station with a mission to improve the world one listener at a time this is where you can be the star of your own show our listeners are truly unique truly interactive and passionate about their world the sky and psychic radio listeners genuinely care about the environment social justice their personal health and raising people up to live their best life every day our motto is new horizons no boundaries new age views life coaching psychic analysis alternative medicine and cutting edge mind body and spirit shows can all be found on the sky and psychic radio perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family and open mind a great idea and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. Coming up today on New Sky Radio, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, it's the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Jane has helped change lives by encouraging listeners and readers to become better than before. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, it's Radio to Thrive By with Dr. Pat. At 3 p.m. Eastern, step into the Spirit Salon with Laura Lee, the sane psychic. Joyce Jackson is on at 4 p.m. Eastern, bringing sanity when love feels a bit crazy. Let Joyce Jackson help you ride the roller coaster of love with style. Kathy is in with host Kathy DeBono at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You won't want to miss a minute of the crazy fun with Kathy and her friends. Coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern, Reverend Linda Newman and Tom Forrest have the answers to life's most pressing questions. Yours on Answers with the Astro Bag Lady. Get the latest from the stars with Zoe Moon and the Zoe Moon Astrology Show at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tonight on New Sky Radio. For more on these shows and all New Sky Radio shows, check out NewSkyRadio.com slash show. New Sky Radio and Radio.com. Powered by CBS Radio. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back behind the paranormal and. What? Ben is with us this evening. Oh, you, you, you just sort of stopped and pointed at me. Okay, well, I'll point this at you in a minute. Okay. This is from, how would you pronounce that name? Rocio? Rocio, maybe it's Rocio. I apologize if it's not correct, but Rocio, and I will not give the last name, and I do not know where Rocio is from, but the subject is EMR, which is electromagnetic radiation and possible connection to Newton. Isaac Newton? Well, I guess. It was a fig Newton. I was just going to say fig Newton. All right. Hello. I am. I enjoy your show immensely while I work on my computer and place my bare feet on my grounding mat to protect from EMF and cell phone waves. I think your theory about these the uh, school tragedy is very interesting. I was mentioning to my husband uh, the other day that when we were kids in the 80s and graduated in 92, the year I was born, uh, we never had school shootings. Uh, wait. What? No, Columbine was in 1992. Or was that in 93? I can't remember when. Yeah, it was, uh, when it occurred at all, that's bad enough. Yeah, anyway. Um, so what has, has, uh, what is, yeah, what has changed is the computer and Wi-Fi, which is true. Um, here's some information, uh, oh, are you telling, is that big line right there telling me not to read Uh, that? no, actually, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, uh, she, uh, she sends us a, uh, very interesting YouTube, um, connection which i'd like to look at before we post it oh well i guess the email's done then okay <laughs> thank you ben you're welcome all right uh thank you for writing rocio i hope as again i hope we're pronouncing your name correctly um you were referring to something very interesting uh, we the central connecticut area is of great interest to us because we've been working on uh, probably one of the most interesting cases we've ever done in in uh that area and it has to do with, it started with a sort of ghost phenomenon and ended up with UFOs and troops and all, all sorts, sorts of, of you name it, it's uh, kind of happening there. And of course, that's, that's the vicinity where this terrible shooting occurred in December at the school in Newtown, Connecticut. Now, there are a lot, there are a lot of funny things about that. And I think what, uh, one of the funny things is, uh, was there any effect, and we've discussed this previously, of e- EMF or electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic radiation on the human mind in in that area because a lot we, we've been tracking and we have a, a sort of a mole in the operation over there we have a show reporter who lives there and is very much in touch with all this stuff and uh, this particular reporter gives us uh, a lot of interesting information and we also get information from other people too about weird behavior of people in that area they've tried to put smart meters and, and I, you know I, I don't know about these things they're probably entirely innocent uh, i'm not a conspiracy theorist although i'm I think I'm getting there after some of the things. And the smart meters have been installed in the area, and people are saying, well, gee, this is sending out still more of these waves. And there is some evidence that electromagnetic radiation does affect human behavior. Uh, that is still being researched. There are a lot of question marks. I just feel that um, there may be a connection just from, from uh, circumstantial evidence. People are acting very strangely. It, it, it just seems that, that there is... Uh, a lot of stra- there's a lot of uh, odd I don't know there, there are a lot of strange things going on and in this particular area uh, there are a lot of things besides this the school shooting that were were odd people were driving um, one particular week or several week period people were driving on the wrong side of the road 
uh, in order in, in numbers of people, you know, beyond statistical probability, you might say. And then uh, that there were several accidents that stopped as soon as it turned up in the local paper. Everything that stopped and people started driving off the road and hitting trees, things of this kind, you know, in, in, in inordinate numbers, uh, things that kind of make you suspicious. And whether or not electromagnetic radiation has anything to do with it is, is another question, but one does wonder. Our particular um, opinion of what is going on from a military standpoint in that area, and that may, it might have something to do with UFOs, that, that, that there are what are commonly known in classical paranormal terminology as portals in that vicinity. We maybe have some other opinions about what they might be called, but the opinion that, we, that or one of the working theories that we have is that somebody, uh, it might be the government, might not be, is doing research on portals and, and using them as power sources, uh, new, new, uh, new methods of generating power. And th this would be quite amazing. And, uh, and the portals, of course, being world boundaries or areas where the world boundaries are exceptionally thin, things can come through. Uh, and that, that's a whole other story. And uh, electromagnetic fields have a lot to do with that because they can do funny things with space-time. Well, so yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you can also bring it down to a biological level where um, all of our, uh, what's the word? All of our nerves are powered by electromagnetic stimulus. Yeah, exactly. Little, little pulses of electricity yeah. that go through it, which I had a friend who brought up a point where, if, well, if you're in a place with a different, like, um, if you're in like a different, like, a, let's say you're on a different planet, you'd react differently to certain things. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you might react differently to certain things because different things in the environment are changing the electromagnetic impulses from your nerves. Unless mm -hmm. I'm entirely wrong, and I'm using the term. No, but I've heard that from some yeah. of the some of the moon uh, the people who went to the moon. Mm. You know, and uh, that's not all that far, or, or is within the Earth's magnetic field. So wasn't that bad? But if you go to Mars, man, heaven knows what you know. It might have a uh, serious effect, but uh, nobody really knows that. No, we, we could be all off here. This may have, these things may have nothing to do with each other. There may be, uh, you know, there simply is evil in the world, and the, the, this guy Lanza might have just flipped and done this, uh, or he might not have been involved at all. I don't know. We have all sorts of stories about this, but in any case, uh, yeah, we we are following this, uh, Rocio, and we will continue to uh, report on it. Um, in your opinion, of course, uh, what has changed is uh, the computer and Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, that has increased the number of invisible microwaves passing through us all the time. You're really not out of that field until you're like in the middle of, of, the, of the desert or the Arctic or something. But even there, I mean, it's really all over the planet. Mm. So interesting points. Thank you for writing. And uh, we will continue to report on the uh, electromagnetic radiation situation uh, as things are found or, or whatever occurs. Okay, here's a question on corners from John in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. Let's see. Uh, so John writes to us. Hi there, Paul and Ben. Your recent show on H.P. Lovecraft got me interested enough to uh, read some of his stories. Uh, one of his stories was the uh, Dreams in the Witch House. In this story, the character is bothered by a witch and a rat that, are ma that materialize out of a corner of the room where they are where there are all these weird angles. Uh, I heard that corners can be active places uh, when it comes to the multiverse. I have even heard of shamans using corners to travel back and forth in space and time. Have you uh, 
heard of this, and is it true? And if it is true, how do you do it? Well, uh, John, you're the last person I'd tell it. No, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm just joking. I don't even know who John is, but uh, I'm glad he listens to the show. All right. Um, in your studies, have you, as I have, have you encountered any special power in, in corn? It's a funny, funny thing to do. A lot of people never think of this, but. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, with, with your mentor there? No, just, just general observation. Okay. All right. Uh, I have found that there are a number of cases that have arisen in my past career here where people have said, well, you know, this thing comes out of the corner at night or I see it standing in the corner. But corn is also a part of our psyches, but maybe it's some sort of archetypal thing. But the uh, well, right back to um, back in days of yore when I was in, in grade school and, uh, you know, the, the good nuns were teaching and the brontosaurus was looking through the third floor window. You know, you uh, you messed up. You go stand in the corner. You know, because the corners, as as with pyramids and things with angles like that, were sometimes thought to convey power and knowledge and energy mm. from somewhere or someone else. So, if we may put it in our own terms, yeah. and a lot of cultures believe that uh, the dunce cap that you see in, in old cartoons, you know, like like sort of a cone. You put, it, but I had a point on it. Uh, <clears throat> And the pyramid people are, are, are big on that kind of thing, that it concentrate, draws in and concentrates energy of that kind. So, um, whether it does or not, that may have something to do with our belief in this. Right. But I have seen situations where corners will have great uh, power and seem to be the comings and going, coming and going points, uh, portal points, if you want to say, vortex points, whatever, thin places, however you want to put it, uh, for these things to come and go, these things being entities of some kind or power or energy or whatever. So that being said, it's interesting, too, that they have been used in positive ways. I'm thinking that in the several religions, including the Eastern Orthodox Christians, will have uh, their icons or, or objects oh, yeah. of prayer in corners. They don't have to be in corners, but usually are. You know, the people will refer to, uh, well, the, the, the prayer corner or icon corner or, or whatever, and I've always found that interesting. And in the story... Well, you can see, somehow in Renaissance paintings, too, yeah. you can see that same thing. Well, that's also in art technique. It yeah. brings you into the distance. But yeah, in the Lovecraft, yeah. the Lovecraft story, the, the Dreams in the Witch House was one of his um, later stories, one of the last stories he wrote. And it was set in the fictional town of Arkham, which is roughly ah, uh, Marblehead, Massachusetts, up on the North Shore, I, I think. I know that's what most people think. And uh, where, where the, the great Miskatonic University was uh, uh, supposed, to be, supposed to be. As a uh, matter of fact, you, that you are a part of the faculty. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I have a, a Miskatonic University faculty parking sticker on the back. You wouldn't believe the people who ask me, but, oh, oh, you're a professor. Huh? Where, where's that university? So, so Arkham message, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know. Uh, people don't want to sound dumb. Man. You walk in and people have a rhinoceros in the middle of the kitchen. Oh, you have a rhinoceros. Uh, we used to have a rhinoceros. You know that kind of, but anyway, it, it, the the, uh, the he gets into quantum physics in that story, mm. to some degree, and Kazaya, I believe her name is Kazaya Mason, was a, and he also gets a, he blends that with New England folklore, which is very interesting. It's like being in a case in an old farmhouse around here or something. Yes, and the Mason is the the witch, uh, you know, in the old New England sense, you know, in the sense of the wise that we might use it today. But the, then, then the rat that our friend refers to here is is a Brown Jenkin, who was her familiar, sort of a, a small rat-like figure who 
hangs Brown around Jenkin, with him. Brown Jenkins. The rat. Well, he's not really a rat. He just seems like a rat. He's rat-like or something. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't been there lately. I don't know. So in any case, that, that's the story that uh, uh, jo- John is referring to. Uh, so in any case, uh, yeah, I have heard of that, John. I think that it, uh, there is some truth to that because uh, perhaps uh, these these things do concentrate energy, bring coming back and forth, and maybe even create thin places. So, as far as how to use them to travel, uh, I don't um, I don't really know if that is, but it could be something that is being experimented with. Even in that case, we're talking about. Well, let's let's just say, if you don't know it, then you don't need to know it. Sound like the government or the church or something? No, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. No, no, I see. I see what you mean. Uh, we that we can only handle, I think, so much. I don't think you need machine. Everybody talks about time travel with machines or mm. stuff like this. You don't need any of that. I don't think any shaman will tell you that. Yeah. You, you travel um, with, with, with to where you already are. Okay. Yeah, we're running out of time here. So uh, I would say that's about what we we would would say uh, if you want to sit, sit and stare into the corner and meditate go ahead see what you know some people have had interesting experiences that way i don't know i'm not going to advise you one way or the other on that except to be careful so in any case uh we are coming up on another break and you were listening to behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno on cbs new sky radio we'll be right back with more interesting letters so stay with us enlighten empower enrich this is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back, and we're dealing with an open line show tonight. Lots of emails, as we always have, a number of interesting questions. And uh, Ben has vanished through the corner here uh, into thin air, so I'll read this next one. Uh, this is from Anna in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where our Monday show originates. Let's see. Uh, Anna writes, hi, guys. I love to hear you two interact. Well, Anna, you should hear us interact on uh, shutting off the lights, shutting doors, or did you really eat that whole thing? Anyway, I cannot say that I have ever had a true ghost experience, but I am very interested in ghosts. Uh, Paul, when I heard you say that you helped that ghost in that hotel in Florida that time, I thought of one of the weirdest things I have ever seen, I have seen, and that, that was the picture of ghosts that are taken, pictures of ghosts that are taken, and the ghost is halfway into the ground. I thought of that when you said that hotel ghost was up by the ceiling. You want to finish? All right. Uh, have you ever seen this at other times, and uh, how can ghosts be in the ground and up in the air? Now, the pictures I saw were scary because it must have uh, been the grave of the person, right? Well, no, not necessarily. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I, well, let me give you some background. I, I know, I know what uh, Anna's talking about. It's. I'm thinking particularly that there, there, there are several pictures of taken in cemeteries, and you got like half a person sticking up out of the ground and this sort of thing. They're not necessarily cemeteries, but anywhere. Yeah. Uh, sometimes also there are things up in trees or wherever. Oh, I myself, in my in first cars. case, in cars, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, in the first case I had, there, there was one in a tree. Yeah, and uh, that's on uh, the New England Ghosts uh, website under Connecticut, and so I think these things happen not because people are buried there or anything necessarily. Uh, it, it's that the multiverse is all possibilities. When 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 you're seeing things or hearing things and that's legitimate, then they could be up by the ceiling, could be down. It, it, in relation to you, I'm thinking too of the, of the, the the Connecticut case where the you know, you'd see it, they they'd see that there would be. Sometimes people uh, seen on the normal surface of the floor or the outside on the ground, but uh, sometimes they'd be, in the case of the legs, bless you, legs hanging from the ceiling and walking as if they were on a normal surface, but the person's point of view seeing it was not. I'm sorry that I sneezed. I, Don't let it happen I again. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. You didn't know we, what to do. Well, no, we didn't. We didn't have a guest here, so I couldn't turn off our mics to sneeze. Well, any ghosts on the ceiling have fled. Yes. Yes. So, so in any case, I, I think that's essentially what it is. The, I think one of the photographs she's referring to, I've seen several of these, is it was taken by, I think it was a ghost hunting group. Uh, and I, I want to say Dodge City and Boot Hill, which is Dodge City's in Kansas. Uh, and I'm also thinking Texas. So I just I don't know. But but there's a remarkable photo. And it's funny, it doesn't look like, and this is the age of the gunslingers and the cowboys. And this particular figure was was halfway out of the ground kind of behind a little hill and uh, looked perfectly normal except you can only see half of them and uh, sort of uh, apparently in the process of maybe walking along but he didn't strike me as particularly western he looked like uh, it was transparent of course but he looked like a figure from the 1930s or uh, you know with a fedora hat uh, yeah. that kind of thing he, he might he might have been a tourist it could be, who knows it could be anything anywhere anytime you know yeah. um, I remember that uh, there was another one in, taken in, I believe, in New England here, and there was uh, 
uh, female figure. It, it seemed to be an old-time garb uh, halfway up out of the ground, too, just seemingly going about her business. And uh, when, when you look at time, which is really doesn't exist in the way we expect it to, there are many places uh, in parallel worlds where the ground is lower or where there's a building where there isn't one here or there isn't one where there is one here and that kind of thing. And that, in my opinion, was uh, one of the possible explanations for that, that photograph and many others like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Well, you know, in England, uh, you weren't even born yet. It was 1989. I was over researching a number of things, including the Beast of Exmoor and all this cool stuff. I happened to be uh, in the uh, Wistman's Wood, which is on Dartmoor. Oh, Wood. Wistman's Wood. Yes. I wish we'd gotten there last time we were there. Well, but we were doing a lot. We were doing a lot, yes. And plus we were, you know, <laughs> uh, really busy. Anyway, there was, uh, there's, a, there's an amazing woodland. In, it's in Dartmoor, which is in southern England, in uh, the county of Devon. And uh, Dartmoor is a national park. It's, it's a very uh, uh, sort of stark but beautiful wilderness area. Uh, where Sherlock Holmes set The Hound of the Baskervilles. And a number of interesting novels have been set in this place, and you can see why when you go there. It's very austere, and I was there in March, so it was, you know, my kind of weather. I love this kind of weather. So you hike out from this wonderful little uh, restaurant and inn and pub across uh, uh, the, by the, the, the West Dart River, and you get through a farm, and there's a, uh, a stand of supposedly like 8, 10, 1,200-year-old oak trees. And none of them is more than about 8 or 10 feet high, if that. Very interesting. And very strange. Uh, a lot of rocks. Sounds like a tundra. Uh, well, well, not no, really. It's, it's unique. Yeah, 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 it's kind of unique. And you're not really supposed to go in there, but of course everybody does, including me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting, uh, paranormal, because there, there's a vein of quartz that runs right down the middle of the place. And its reputation is very paranormal. Supposedly the druids hid in there from the Romans. The Romans didn't like it. The Romans, it took them a while to kind of get it. Uh, they were very, they tried to be, in many ways, very moral people, at least in the beginning, in the sense they didn't like human sacrifice. And they, they had a certain regard for life. It sounds funny to talk about the Romans that way, but philosophically and uh, politically, at least in the beginning, they were very uh, careful about this kind of thing when they invaded. Of course, you had Julius Caesar with the exception, he killed half the people in France. But Anyway, they, they uh, didn't like the, the idea that the Druids performed human sacrifice. And what the Druids, I'm not going to excuse what they did, but, but they, they, would, they had public executions, and they would, they would try to give people the dignity to die in a religious ceremony or something like this, because they were going to be executed anyway, so, so uh, that's part of it. But anyway, the Romans didn't like any of this. So they, these Druids would often go and hide in this forest, supposedly. And uh, there are traditions to this day about that. But when I was there, I happened to look up, and I saw half a figure hanging kind of in the air. It, was a, you know, it wasn't that far away, you know, maybe 10, 15 yards. And um, this figure was all in furs, looking out eastward from the edge of the forest out into the moors, as they called. And he... Um, at one point, kind of turned around, looked toward me. I, w I, I wouldn't say he looked at me, like but through, through me. Yeah. Exactly, yes. And I'll never forget that experience. That, that's happened to me only once or twice. And, but I could not see anything below his waist. He was say, sort of just hanging there in midair. And, and, and 
somehow across these boundaries of time and space, you kind of feel the presence of others. Because we're all part of the biosphere, no matter what part of the multiverse we're in. Maybe he was an ancestor, because a lot of our ancestors came from around there. Yeah. And maybe he was just some guy. The world boundaries just were thin right there. We happened to just kind of gaze across. Maybe he saw part of me. Maybe he didn't see me at all. I don't know. But it lasted for a while, and then he just faded away. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a feeling I kind of get when that happens, like, like almost a slide in an old slide projector coming and going. There's like a boundary, mm. you know, and then, then it's back. So uh, that's my experience of half people. I guess that seems to be a phenomenon that is not all that uncommon. So uh, I, think that, I think it's more of a multiversal explanation than it is a grave situation uh, in that, in that say, sense. So that, that's how I would answer that. Okay. Uh, we have plenty of time. Okay. Well, no. No, we don't. We have four minutes. Let's no, let's get started. Then. All right. Yeah, that's plenty of time. All right. This is uh, from Dr. Peter in Iowa. I think he's written before. Alrighty, so uh, Dr. Peter writes to us. Uh, Hi, guys. I look forward to your shows. Uh, they are as good as anything on public radio. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Considering I work at another public radio station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a UFO guy and follow that field. As you have said, uh, the UFO researchers sometimes come across as much more intelligent than many ghost researchers. Very true. Uh, but I have rarely heard a good answer to the question of why UFO photos almost always look grainy or out of focus. The few that um, look uh, clear also look fake. <laughs> uh, what say you? <laughs> I mean, you can okay. apply that to a lot of things, really. I mean, pretty much any paranormal phenomena, almost all the pictures are grainy. Uh, why do you think or that is? Of, well, I'd like to think it's electromagnetics messing with the cameras or whatever. I mean... I've had the, yeah, I agree. I've had that happen. I don't know if it's a full explanation. Though. It's not a full explanation. I'm just saying there's like a lot of other things that that, that happens with. Mm. I mean, the only thing that I can really think of where that didn't really happen is maybe the, um, uh, what's the name of that film that uh, shows like a Bigfoot like walking, the really really famous. Oh, um, why do I want to say this is a Pruder film? That's the Kennedy assassination. How dumb. That's uh, um, we had we've had people on to talk about that, but this is yeah. the one with the with the Bigfoot kind of walking. Uh, yeah, people say that's fake, it's not fake, or Yeah, it's been whatever. going on for 30 years, I'd argue. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But but still, I mean, there's a, there, there, I think that's probably the, the simplest reasoning. Well, you know, it's funny. I have had cameras, uh, digital cameras, severely affected by the EM fields. I, I believe that's what it is in these situations. I've had the battery drain. A lot, a lot of people will tell you this. Mm. The batteries have drained when they're new. Uh, when, when, if you, sometimes the, the, uh, the, the shutter, or, you know, the virtual shutter won't snap and, and you can't get a picture. Yeah. Uh, things of this kind. And this is the effect these things seem to have. People often complain about that. And I think it is the EM fields. When you do get a picture... Very often it is kind of blurry or grainy, even at a digital camera, but not always. Orbs seem to come out relatively clearly. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the UFO question here, and that uh, may be because they are not entirely in our world. They could be, oh, if the time traveler thing is correct, some of them may be. Uh, you've got them uh, not only unclear to the camera, but sometimes unclear to the naked eye. People will stand there, even in groups, and see them appear, disappear. They'll, they'll say they move at great speed, but they just 
bingo. Remember the, the case that came up on the other show was about the uh, uh, O'Hare Airport. Oh, right. Um, sighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everybody's standing there, and there it is, hanging right over the plane. The, the first guy who saw it was the guy running the little uh, tractor that tows the plane out so it can taxi mm-hmm. off the gate. And there's the, this huge disc hanging over the thing. All of a sudden, bingo, gone. And there was a hole in the clouds right above it. And I, and I thought that, it was that, a that flight was, of the Navigator. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. That, that Disney, Disney mm-hmm. film that was, uh, you grew up with. So in any case, that's uh, interesting. So anyway, well, we have to take another break. You are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. We'll continue when we come back. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplanes.
is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and this one over here is Paul holding a piece of paper, <laughs> staring at it readily, as we were just talking of uh, grainy photos and UFOs. Yeah, well, just, just to sort of finish up that, that subject, the age of Photoshop has complicated this issue. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, and everybody, I don't know, I think th- there is something to to the, the argument, I think, that evolution is progressing in reverse or people are getting dumber. I mean, th- people will believe anything they see in a photograph. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that, that creates a great danger to the credibility of this field and to legitimate research. But I think that uh, some of these things, when they are clear, uh, do, look, do look fake. But on the other hand, the um, photos and videos you see sometimes of these triangular craft, oh, yeah. they look some of the, some of them pretty, look, yeah. yeah. Some of those look pretty convincing. Yeah. They do, and uh, which, which leads me to wonder if they're. And a lot of these things are mistaken uh, craft that uh, perhaps are experimental. But I, if they're trying to keep something secret, why would they send it over large, large uh, cities and populated areas? I don't understand that. Well, why not? Well, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe so it, it's to confuse everybody. Well, that that they do, that they do. All right, here's. Um, I suppose we'll at least get started on this. This is actually there's a real short one in here. Yeah, let's go with the short. What's what okay. is the meaning of life? Uh, <laughs> uh, what's in my left pocket? Yes. What has it got in its pockets? Yes. Uh, all right. Okay, here's a real short one. This is from Gabby in Pontiac, Michigan. All right, so Gabby writes to us, uh, Can ghosts attach themselves to people, and how far can they travel? Uh, that's very short. Thank you, Gabby. All right. I think, uh, yeah, this, this is a matter of debate. need more information. Write a longer one. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> No, no, this is a matter of some debate. Uh, for a long time, I thought ghosts could not attach themselves to people, but I soon learned that, that I was wrong about that. Um, it depends on what sort of, first of all, in terms of what you mean by ghost, whether, and we had this big discussion with Murray Silver, mm. whether it's uh, the spirit of a dead person. I, I, I don't buy all that. It's not good enough. I think that uh, you're far more likely to have problems with parasites. As I mentioned, that woman in California yeah. encountered at the, at the lecture. Uh, they had the parasites following her uh, family for generations. I remember another time after a, after a TV broadcast uh, here, uh, I was coming out of the studio, and uh, another person who had been on had been a uh, the leader of um, uh, some paranormal group or some some. It was kind of cultish, actually. She had three parasites attached to her. Because, you know, after you work with these, these guys long enough, you, you, you can kind of smell them from a distance. You, you can do yeah. the same thing. She had three parasites attached to her. And I couldn't just kind of blurt out, oh, you know, sorry, you got three parasites. She would have looked at me with five heads. I, I don't know. It's just you can just feel them. So I'd say parasites are more likely to do that than standard ghosts. And I don't even believe in, strictly speaking, ghosts of dead people because people you don't you don't die in the multiverse it's impossible yeah you know, i think you're seeing the people across the boundaries of what well, sometimes there can be interactions sometimes not depends on the laws of physics of the world they happen to be in mm. and uh, i think that that's pretty much a parasite situation one situation that i have that, that comes to mind in that was 1998 and i was um, doing a case in pasco rhode island which is not all that about 10 miles from here and there was a uh, parasite situation, mm-hmm. uh, a young woman being picked on by this thing. Twice it tried to come with me, 
it was uh, or, or one of them, I think there, there were several in this case, but one of them tried to come with me. And I would get to a certain point. I kind of let it because I wanted to see what would happen. I wouldn't let it come home. But yeah, uh, I drove you, you drive across the, the river. There's a, not really much of a river. It's kind of a big brook that divides the villages of Harrisville and, and Pasco. And uh, it would it would fade away. It, it couldn't go beyond a certain point. That's really weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well that's... Mean, it's like it's like that legend that like witches can't cross water. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. So I don't know about witches, but I mean these these particular parasites. They many of them are that particular species was attached to the land. Now there was another one there that was very one of the upper echelon, very uh, wise in a sinister sense of the term, and at least in the terms of its own species. Right. Been around. Had my number, I had its number, and uh, that kind of, I've talked about that before. But uh, this was one of the subservient ones. They're usually several working in a group. And uh, I have occasionally seen, uh, there have been s- several parasites, but they're in different worlds and don't know the others there. Yeah. Sometimes they encounter each other and, and it gets really weird. But th- in this case, uh, th- that seemed to be, they couldn't, couldn't like go beyond a certain like place. I Escher Putin. You know, that's well put. That, that's one of the ones where, why don't you explain it? Oh, well, it's like with the, the one of his most famous ones is um, where there's the multiple staircases going all over which way. It's, it's very, uh, um, well, it, it's sort of like a Salvador Dali, a little bit, a little bit, but more formulaic. But anyway, it's like what, you have like the different stairways that go all over the place, up, down, sideways, like yeah. all over the place. Yeah, they like kind that. of blend into each other. Yeah. Yeah. Or like that thing in the Museum of Science in Boston. The, uh, what's, that, what's that called? It's a... The thing that goes around and it comes around, you know, no, oh, it's not oh, in the math room. Yeah. 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 yeah Those yeah. ribbons. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Folds back on itself. It doesn't see. It's it's amazing, the wonders of physics. Okay, I guess we are pretty much ready to wrap up here. I think that we um, probably ought to not start another one. But uh, thank you for the short email. And uh, that was another one that we, I suppose, could. Uh, we got through five. Yeah, we got through. We got through five of them. It's pretty good. Yeah. Good job. Oh, well, you too. All right, so uh, I refer you to the lovely Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader and Amazon Kindle where you can get my books, uh, Faces at the Window, that was referred to in a previous email here, uh, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghost, and Human Destiny, and uh, one or two others on history that you might not be interested in. Uh, Websites, of course, you can contact us through BehindTheParanormal.com, Paul at or Ben at, and you can also see guests, past, present, and future, and all sorts of podcasts. Alrighty, so many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here in two weeks, because next week, March 31st, is Easter. So next week's show will be a rebroadcast. Not sure which one yet. We will inform the producer. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time <laughs> show on WON, 1240 AM and com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And check out, again, once again, over 450 podcasts of past shows at BehindTheParanormal.com. And we do ask you, if you do um, are moved to buy my books, that you do so on that site, because that helps us keep that site free. And uh, there you go. And we leave you this evening with a quote. (laughs) Enough said. From that most quotable and old darling, Albert Einstein, quote, a clever person solves a problem, a wise person avoids it, unquote. I'm Paul Eno. I'm Ben, you know, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.